0: Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus be subject to the Father of spirits and live. For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, Lift up your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint but rather healed. Strive for peace with everyone and for holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God Tears. Well, let's pray and ask God for his help now. No. Oh Lord God, we do thank you for your word. And we do thank you that you've given us your word to instruct us and to help us. Lord, we pray that as we consider your word now, you will speak to us. And Lord, whatever we need to hear from you, we will hear. Lord, maybe some might need to be called to salvation. Maybe some need to be called to repent of sin. Maybe some need to be encouraged. Lord, whatever we need, we pray that we will hear from you this evening. And we will put your word into practice. In Jesus' name, amen. So the verse we're thinking about this evening is verse 15 of that that reading. Verse 15. It says, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. Now, um, this week I was asked, uh, where is it in the Bible it says, talks about a root of bitterness? And uh, that is what led me to consider this verse, and um, it seemed to me uh, when, when Ed um, became ill, it seemed that maybe this would be a good verse for us to consider this evening, and I want to do so under three headings. First of all, what is the root of bitterness that is spoken of here in this verse? What does it mean to have a root of bitterness? And then I want us to think about what is so dangerous about having a root of bitterness. And then I want us to think about what we can do to stop our- ourselves from having a root of bitterness and to help others uh, not to have a root of bitterness. So the first um, question then is what is uh, uh, this root of bitterness that is spoken of here in this passage. Or it could be translated, in some translations translate it, a bitter root. What is this bitter root that is talked about? Well, I think the answer is that it is rebellious unbelief. It is when somebody Refuses to believe in God and becomes bitter in his or her unbelief. Bitter in two senses. Bitter in the sense that his or her own heart is bitter and unhappy and miserable. But bitter also in the sense that that person then becomes poisonous, toxic, and a danger. To other people now why do I say that this is talking about rebellious unbelief well I think there are a number of reasons uh, first of all because of the parallel with a passage earlier on in scripture which I think almost certainly is the reference that w- that, that, that is being alluded to in this Verse. You might want to turn back with me to Deuteronomy chapter 29. We actually refer to Deuteronomy this morning, the last verse of Deuteronomy, chapter 29. But we are, the, the, the reference is Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 18, which is found on page 202 in the church Bibles. Um, And it says there, beware lest there be among you a man or woman or clan or tribe whose heart is turning away today from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of those nations. Beware lest there be among you a root bearing poisonous and bitter fruit. One who, uh, who hears, one who when he hears the words of this sworn covenant, blesses himself in his heart saying, I shall be safe, though I walk in the stubbornness of my heart. This will lead to the sweeping away of the moist And dry alike the Lord will not be willing to forgive him but rather the anger of the Lord and his jealousy will smoke against that man and the curses written in this book will settle upon him and the Lord will blot out his name from under heaven. And the Lord will single him out from all the tribes of Israel for calamity in accordance with all the curses of the covenant written in this book of the law. So it's talking, there is this warning that that God gives through Moses (coughs) about (coughs) there being somebody among them whose heart turns away from the Lord to go and serve the gods of the nations. There's this warning that there might be this root bearing poisonous and bitter fruit. And the person who has this, 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 this root bearing poisonous and bitter fruit, he imagines to himself that he's going to be all right. He says, oh, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll be safe though I walk in the stubbornness of my own heart. You know, I'm going to reject God's law, but I'll be fine. And this will lead to judgment upon that person. So I think that um, we see there this very strong um, background in Scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 29, which which I think guides us. You know, this, the, the, the principle of Scripture is let Scripture interpret Scripture. And I think we have a clear Indication there, also uh, the word that um, that Paul that, that sorry the writer of the Hebrews uses in in um, in um, in Hebrews is also used in reference to a man called Simon. Some of you might know of this man. Uh, he's spoken of in Acts chapter eight. He had been a magician and a sorcerer and he, uh, he was very impressed with Philip when Philip preached the gospel and performed signs and wonders. And then he was even more impressed when the apostles came down from Jerusalem and they laid their hands on the believers in, in Samaria. And the believers started speaking in foreign languages. And he wanted to buy from Peter the power to impart this gift not because he wanted to bless people but because he thought oh there's a chance to make more money he was already making money through his magic powers so he thought oh I can enhance my powers and you know I can say anybody want to speak in other languages well here you are you know for a few hundred pounds a few, or a few, whatever it is in that currency you know I can lay this hand my hand's on you and you have this gift and Peter said to him in Acts chapter 8, verse 22, we read, Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you, for I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. So that's Acts verse 8, verse 23. So again, this this bitterness associated with a man who was an unbeliever who rejected the word of God but also I think we can see this because of the whole argument in the the book of Hebrews Uh, the book of Hebrews is written to a church where there were some from a Jewish background who were being tempted not to not fully trust in Christ for salvation. They were being tempted. They, they'd come close to Christ. They, they'd come into the church and they'd heard the gospel. But their Jewish friends were saying to them, no, no, look. You want to keep on with the sacrifices, you want to keep on with the Jewish ceremonies. You can't just rely on Jesus Himself on on his own. You need to you need to rely on on being circumcised, you need to you need to you need to go to the temple and, and perform the sacrifices and you need to do this, you need to do that, in order to properly know God. And the writer was concerned that these people, some of these people, had never really believed on Christ. They'd come into the church, they called themselves Christians, but some of them maybe did not really have true saving faith. And so in this letter to the Hebrews, the writer does two things. First of all, he talks about the excellence of the sacrifice of Christ Christ. But he also at various points warns his readers, look, be careful that some of you don't, you know, that in case some of you don't really believe. In case some of you turn away and don't really come right through into faith. Now, some people have interpreted these, interpreted these warnings in Hebrews as saying that you can lose your salvation because that's, you know, the, the experience of, the people had of, of, of Christ was, you know, they'd had some experience so they'd, taste, they'd tasted some of the goodness of Christ and of the Holy Spirit. But I think it's, well we, we have to rule it out because we know that the Bible is very clear that a person who's truly saved cannot be unsaved. But it is a warning that you can come into the church and you can feel the love of the church, you can feel the love of God and you can Experience God's goodness and yet still not really be saved, and then and then finally turn away. And so there's this warning. Let me just give you some examples. There are, there are lots of examples that could be given in uh, in 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 Hebrews, but we'll just look at a few of them. Um, first of all, just to, just from the text that what we could be called the text of this book, which is where he quotes the writer quotes from Psalm. Ninety-five, and uh, he says, chapter three, verse seven, quoting from Psalm ninety-five. He says, therefore, uh, today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. On the day of testing, uh, in, in uh, as in the rebellion, on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test, and I saw my works for forty, and saw my works for forty years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation. I said, they, will always, they always go astray in their heart. They have no, they've not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall never enter my rest. You see, here were people who were Jews. They'd come out of, they'd been rescued from Egypt. They were in the promise. they were in the desert. They were, should have gone into the promised land, but they didn't go in because of lack of faith. And so God said, they will never enter his rest. And so then he says, chapter 4, verse 1, Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. See, watch out. Maybe there might be some of you who never really entered the rest of God through faith. Or chapter 4, verse 11, let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. You've got to watch out that you that you don't fail to go in. You're sort of right at the edge of salvation, right at the edge of coming to Christ. But you don't go in because you don't have that faith. Or verse 16. Um, no, sorry, uh, chapter Um, sorry chapter 6 and verse 4 now these are very solemn words here in in chapter 6 verse 4 there's this warning of turning away from God it is impossible in the case of those who've once been enlightened who've tasted the heavenly gift who've shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come And then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance. Since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm. And holding him up to contempt. So there's a warning there. Look, if you've tasted of the goodness of God and then you turn away, be careful. Because you might get to the point where it's impossible for you to repent. Because you've so hardened your heart. You've so so rejected uh, the word of God. And again, another warning is in chapter 10 and verse 26. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there, is no, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but the fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries of God. Now, again, is that saying you can lose your salvation? No. You can't lose your salvation if you're truly saved. But the danger is somebody hears the gospel and doesn't believe. He understands the gospel. He can see that he's a sinner. He can see that Jesus is the answer. But then he turns away. Well, if you do that, there's... There's no, there's no, there's no salvation, and so, um, and then we come, as I say, to this, this, uh, and I think when we see it in the context there, we see that, Paul, that that the writer of Hebrews is saying the same thing again. If we pick up verse twenty, um, um, verse, uh, yeah, verse fifteen of, of Hebrews twelve. I think we see this is another one of those warnings. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. And that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble that it may become, and by it many become, defiled. So watch out that you don't refuse God's offer of salvation. That God is offering you salvation He's offering you eternal life. He's saying you can can be forgiven of your sins. Don't, whatever you do, having understood that, turn away and refuse to believe in him. So that, I would suggest to you, is the meaning of, of this bitter root. It is willful and rebellious unbelief. Well, then... Uh, next thing I want us to consider is what is the danger of being a bitter root well we see there in that verse there it says see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble and by it many become defiled so, there is a danger here that, this, that that you become bitter in your unbelief. Not only bitter in your own soul and bitter towards yourself and poison yourself, but you also become poisonous to other people. Um, this is the terrible thing about radioactive poisoning. Um... There was this terrible case a few years ago of of a former Russian spy who 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 was poisoned with a radioactive substance. I think it was plutonium. I can't remember some other some radioactive substance, and the poor man died. But he became toxic to people around him. They couldn't. They was very the people, the nurses, the doctors who were treating him had to wear special radioactive protection gear because because he was radioactive, he was toxic, he was, he was himself a source of, of poison, not that, that he wanted to be at all, but that's what happened. Or think of, um, in terms of roots, think of Japanese knotweed. We had some here in the church building, uh, in our backyard, and uh, we had a surveyor come and look at the cracks we got in our building. He came yard and said, whoa, Japanese knotweed. You know that this is a reportable thing. Uh, you're going to have great difficulty dealing with your subsidence unless you get rid of that japanese knotweed because because you have to you know you're not allowed to just dig up the earth and and take it away somewhere else because it it's really really damaging stuff and the, the way the japanese knotweed works is in the roots it it grows up with these straight shoots like bam, like bamboo sticks very wide sort of um, hollow tubes but the problem is that it's the roots and the roots spread everywhere. And, and you dig up the soil and, the, and the bit there's nodules of this Japanese knotweed in the earth, in the soil. And you've only got to have one piece in, in the soil and it, it'll spread to somewhere else. And this is, this is an illustration of, of the danger of somebody who, who has this rebellious unbelief. Again, that passage back in Deuteronomy 29, um, it talks about this, doesn't it? Just look back again at that. Uh, Beware lest there be among you a man or woman or clan or tribe whose heart is turning away today from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of those nations. Beware lest there be some root bearing poisonous and bitter fruit. One who, when he hears the words of the sworn covenant, blesses himself, etc., etc. This poisonous and bitter fruit. So the, the problem is that somebody has this sort of attitude is poisonous, is toxic, is harmful to others. In what senses? Well, because somebody who's hardened his heart in this way will spread unbelief, will spread doubt about God, will will spread uh, skepticism and, and unbelief to others. He cannot keep it to himself. He has to justify himself by talking about his unbelief. He'll set up websites or he'll set up things to 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 publicize his unbelief. And 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 when he comes to has contact with Bible believing Christians, he will he will seek to spread his unbelief. Moreover, this person uh, by having this bitter heart and being unhappy and complaining and moaning about this and that and everything else this person will encourage other people to also have bitterness and a complaining spirit. Moreover, the person who bitterly rejects the gospel will justify his sin and will encourage others to sin. Uh, and and so um, and this you know something that Paul speaks about. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, when he's talking about about the need for church discipline, he says, "Your boasting is not good." 1 Corinthians 5 verse 6. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven, little yeast, leavens the whole lump? Cleanse out the old leaven, the old yeast, that you may be a new lump, as you really are unleavened. So we see there. That uh, yeah, this is the wind. <laughs> it's, these these panels start flapping around when it's really windy, and we get all showers of dust coming down. But anyway, um, there we go. I've got a little dust on my notes. So <laughs> but uh, anyway, so um, so uh, it's dangerous. This this bitter spirit is dangerous. You need to watch out. Uh, and it's a warning to us. Look, you could be a danger to other people. And it tells us we need to watch out for those who may come into the midst of us and who may have this this bitter unbelief. Well, let's now can come to the third thing. How can this bitter bitter root how can this bitter root be how can we protect ourselves from this bitter root uh, notice how again how the writer of the Hebrews says um, that uh, we are to uh, see to it uh, that uh, that 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 there is that no no um, uh, a bitter root. Let me just find the verse again. Yes, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God and that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. Now, of course, we cannot um, make someone a Christian. You know, we'd love to do that, wouldn't we? We'd love it to, you know, if we could sort of somehow you know, strong arm somebody, twist their arm back up the back of their back and say, come on, you've got to be a Christian. We can't do that, of course not. But we do need to do what we can to to help people to to believe in the Lord. Um, uh, What can we do? Well, first of all, we can and we should encourage each other to believe in Christ. We need to watch out for each other it doesn't do any harm to say to somebody have you trusted Jesus as your saviour do you know him as your lord have you been born again do you know that you're going to go to heaven and if you think you're going to go to heaven why will you go to heaven it doesn't do any harm at all if that person is a true Christian that person's not going to resent you asking those questions they're going to be grateful to you for asking those questions And and They'll say, well, thank you for checking. And You know, yes, by God's grace, I am saved. And I'm saved not because I'm good, but because Jesus died for my sins. So it's good and right that we should do that. Don't just assume that some, just because somebody says that he's a Christian, even, even somebody who's been baptized, even somebody who's a member of the church, don't just assume that just because they say that, that person's necessarily born again. That may not be the case at all. So it won't do any harm if we actually do uh, talk to each other and challenge each other. And of course, we need to examine ourselves, don't we? I should really have said that first of all. The first thing, examine ourselves. Paul says that, doesn't he, in, in, in two, 2 Corinthians. He said, examine yourselves, test yourself, to see whether you're of the faith. We need to do that. We need to examine ourselves. All so if I was to, if they were to look for evidence that I was a Christian, they were to look for evidence that I'm born again, would it be there? Would anybody say, yes, that's right, yes, I do believe this person is uh, born again? Um, we also do need to, you know, if somebody behaves in a way which is, really questionable for a Christian to behave. Suppose there might be somebody who, you know, they say they're a Christian, but they, maybe that person's really rude to other people and shouts at other people, something like that, or tells lies, or, or is getting drunk, or is, uh, is taking drugs, or is being sexually immoral, and, and it's all known about, it, and it's, it's obvious that that is happening. You shouldn't just say, oh, well, I don't want to say anything, you know. No, we have a duty, any one of us who becomes aware of somebody sinning in some gross way, and it's obvious it's before our very eyes, we can't just ignore that. We need to challenge that person. And we need to say, look, it's come to my attention that you're behaving in this way. Should you be doing that if you're a Christian? And we need to, you know, Jesus talked and he He said, if your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault, just between the two of you. Now, actually, you know, sometimes some manuscripts just say, if your brother sins, go and show him his fault. And if he won't listen to you, take two others along with you. And if he won't listen to them, take you to the church. And so we do need to uh, take steps to, uh, because Such a person, somebody who's continuing in sin and unbelief and ungodliness, as we've seen, is dangerous. Dangerous for the church, as well as being a danger to himself. And um, if that person won't listen to reproof, well, the scriptures give us an answer, which is church discipline, which is spoken of in Matthew chapter 18, and also in that passage that I quoted from earlier, 1 Corinthians 5. If a person won't listen to reproof, they say they're a Christian, but he or she is continuing some sort of gross sin and not repenting. I'm not talking about the fact that, you know, of course every Christian sins. And every Christian will feel really unhappy about his or her sin and will be constantly repenting. But the person who says, well, no, I've not done anything wrong. No, how dare you challenge me? What who do you think you are to, to, to cast doubt on, on my Christian profession? And they get angry and they, and they, 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 get, they get rude to you. Well, then if, if the person won't listen to, to, to you, won't listen to two witnesses, then it needs to come to the church. And if the person won't listen to the church, that person needs to be treated as a pagan or a tax collector. And we also need to say, don't we, that, okay, maybe you might say, we, each one of us here, might we might say, yes, I do really do believe I'm a, I'm a Christian, I really do believe I'm born again, I really do believe Christ has saved me, uh, I do believe I have the Holy Spirit, but we also do need to watch out for bitterness of spirit. We might not have this, this bitter unbelief that's talked about here in Hebrews. But we can sometimes very easily, can't we, slip up into bitterness whereby we nurse our grudges against another person. We remember what the other person's done and we, every time we th- remember what that person's done, Argh! it's that bitterness that comes out. Um, Paul warns about this doesn't he in Hebrews sorry Ephesians chapter 4 he urges his readers to turn away from bitterness Hebrews 4 and verse 29 I'll pick it up from verse 29 he says uh, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption let all bitterness same word as we had in Hebrews let all bitterness wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you with all malice be kind to one another Tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Now I know this is using the word bitterness in a different sense from that, that word in that, time, that verse in Hebrews which is talking about unbelief. But even as believers, we need to be careful. This is addressed to believers. We need to be careful not to allow bitterness to fester in us. Uh, how, how can we do that? How can we How can we overcome bitterness? Perhaps you might be tempted with bitterness. How can we overcome bitterness? How can we stop ourselves from having a bitter spirit? Well, let me just mention a few things. Um, Believe in the sovereignty of God. Believe that God has ruled over what's happened to you for your good. It's a wonderful antidote for bitterness. When you... We were looking um, at our Tuesday class on the sovereignty of God. And we, we were thinking about Joseph. You remember Joseph who, who was treated so badly by his brothers. But he had no bitterness towards them. Because he, he said to them, you meant it for harm but God meant it for good. He believed in the sovereignty of God. So remember, also one thing that helps you not have bitterness towards people is to remember that you are a sinner yourself. How can I be angry with somebody about his sin when I've sinned? And then also remember that how much God has forgiven you. That will help you not to be bitter towards the person who's done wrong against you. Another thing which also helps us not to be bitter is if we don't practice grumbling. You know, there's some people who just grumble about everything. They grumble about the government, they grumble about the economy, they grumble about the strikes, they grumble about this, about that, about the weather. Grumble, 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 everything's wrong. Well, if we're grumbling, it's not a short step away from bitterness. <sighs> Nothing's right. Do not grumble. And positively, be thankful. Give thanks to God in all circumstances. And that will help us not to have this mean, crabby, bitter spirit. Well, I hope and pray that, that, um, that what we've seen tonight will be helpful for us. Let me just, just again challenge you. If If there's anybody here, well, let me just say to you, just right now, are you sure you're saved? Are you sure you have the Holy Spirit? Are you sure you're born again? Are you sure that you've trusted Christ as your saviour? If not, then I urge you, come to Him today, before even before you go to sleep tonight. Come to the Lord and ask the Lord to save you. Well, we'll just have a few moments of prayer now, quiet, uh, as we think about what we've heard tonight. So we examine ourselves and ask the Lord to deal with any bitterness in our hearts. And then uh, we'll sing our final hymn.